0: It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: 17 weeks. Four quarters. 60 minutes. And it all leads up to one winning winning drive. Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome back to the Winning Drive podcast. I am Rita Hubbard, the NFL chick, co-host of the Glenn and Rita show on 105.7 The Fan with my guy Cordell Woodland from Shaking It Up Sports and the Ravens reporter for 105.7 The Fan. And big news, obviously, in Charm City. You got Odell Beckham Jr. having his press conference with the Ravens today. A lot of things were said, um, you know, but it feels like this was the right Uh, Fit for him, Cordell, he seems uh, happy about the decision that he's made. And, you know, it, it was a good press conference. A lot of questions got answered across the board, whether it be about Odell, whether it be about Lamar Jackson, as we very well know people wanted to know more about. Uh, but it, it really felt like an uplifting press conference. And of course, I mean, look, obviously, it, it, it's going to feel that way because of it's a good thing, right? The signing is a great thing. And so people are going to have um, high spirits. But it just it just it just did really feel like it was a, a positive vibe there. You were there, Cordell, at the castle. Uh, so, what was your take on the 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 energy in the room in terms of the press conference?
0: Yeah, uh, definitely. You know, you see Odell's son running around in the hallway as soon as you get there. So it ultimately it immediately gives you that family vibe. Uh, his family filled up the first couple of rows. A lot of national media. There more media at this press conference than any recent one that I can remember uh, coming to. Um, but I think right now, you know, it's the honeymoon phase. Everybody's happy. It's a good move. It's April. Everything is a good move today. Um, so I think right now the Ravens feel good about their investment. Um, OBJ feels good about his choice to come to Baltimore Uh, He feels like this is the type of organization that can help him get back to the Super Bowl. And the Ravens ultimately feel like Odell Beckham is one of those guys to help them get over the hump. And look, I mean, there's no way to slice it. This is going to be kind of one of those wait and see situations because there are so many question marks about Odell right now, his health. Um, which he answered a, a, a lot about. And he talked about how tough last year was for him having to sit out um, for that whole year and, and uh, how bittersweet it was to win that Super Bowl. And uh, considering, yeah, you got the ring, but you get knocked out of the game in the second quarter. He was on, he had already had a touchdown in the game. And on the second catch of the game, he, he you know, he goes down again. And, um, I think everybody is it, Everybody involved right now, Rita, we've talked about this before, this is kind of a big-time redemption year. Everybody's got something to prove on this Ravens team. So that's the one thing that makes you feel good if you're a Ravens fan is that you should get a very hungry Ravens team this year. And look, we thought that that should have been the case coming into this past season. And not that it wasn't, but the Ravens took a little bit to get started. And uh, at the start of the 2022 season, um, some ups and downs throughout the start of the year. Then, of course, the offense kind of just flatlines after a while. But considering what 2021 was for them and how they had so many injuries to key players that pretty much derailed their season, I thought you would get a really hungry group last year. And not to say that they weren't hungry, but I think this year you're going to get an even more motivated uh team because it's it's literally like there's no tomorrow for everybody involved right now, specifically on the offensive side of the ball. Um so you you like that. You like the fact that everybody has something to play for. Everybody's got something to prove uh right now. And Odell, I think he does have a a, a lot to prove. And you know he's a big name, no doubt about it. He has accomplished things in this league, but none of us truly know what Odell Beckham, we're going to see come September. If Is he still that explosive guy? Is he still the guy that can, you know, make those wild plays on a consistent basis? Can he still be potentially a number one receiver for your team? I, I think those are some of the questions that everybody wants answered. And come September and throughout the rest of the season, I think hopefully we'll get some of those uh, answers resolved for us.
1: Yeah, I mean, and I'm gonna be honest with you, Cordell, I don't even view Odell as a number one. I I think that we're automatically placing him there because of who he is and what his resume says. But at this point in his life, do we truly consider him a number one receiver or should we give Rashad Bateman that that you know that opportunity to be that guy and place him as that guy and I think you kind of have to but ultimately it doesn't matter right if if, if if defenses now have to respect not one not two but three guys on your field and I, I'm including Mark Andrews in that equation then mm-hmm. that's, then then I don't care what number you put him in I honestly don't care as long as he's on the field and as long as teams are are fear formation, then that's a win as far as I'm concerned. Um, And so, you know, this is something that we all knew needed to be done. The Ravens needed to come up with a wide receiver. I'm sure that, you know, there will be people that says, okay, well, I wish that we could have gotten a guy like um, DeAndre Hopkins because from a health perspective, he's, you know, not had the same type of health history. He's been durable for the most part. Um, He has a very high catch radius, so there's that Uh, But ultimately, it's not like Odell is just some slouch, right? He's just not just some dude. He's a guy that I believe can be a contributor on your team if healthy. And obviously, if healthy are the active words here because it's the most important part of this equation. Whether or not he can play is not the issue. It's about what he can do in terms of his health and can he stay healthy. And you and I have talked about this on previous podcasts. This offense in general has been banged up from the left tackle to the running backs to the quarterback. Even the tight end last year had some health issues and missed games. So, you know, somebody has to find a way to stay on the field. But if that's the case, right? I just feel like the possibilities are endless, Cordell. Like, this is a really good group when you start looking at the paper now that you have Odell Beckham Jr. as uh, on the opposite side of the field. And so that's the part that, that the Ravens really want. Another thing that I think I, I got from this was Eric DaCosta saying, you know, he had been watching Odell since October. He had been kind of on the Odell train. And, of course, I'm paraphrasing, since October, which means that was really who they wanted all along. Now, he could have been saying that and and not told the truth. I mean, you know, DMs lie. But I believe that the Ravens are an organization where when they are stuck on a guy, or if they really want a guy, you know, they keep their eyes on a guy. And I just feel like that the contract is basically a confirmation of sorts in terms of what DaCosta said about him being on his radar since October. You and I talked about his his contract. We believe that it's a lot of money for a guy, you know, that's dealing with all all the things that he's dealing with in terms of his age and his durability. However, to me, when DaCosta said that, it it makes sense, right? Like, if this is a guy that you really, really believe could be a key contributor to your team, hey, man, he had to do what he had to do. And in this case, he had to pay an extra couple bucks to get him to come here. And And it feels that way, and Odell reiterated that and said Baltimore really felt like they were the ones that wanted them. And so, you know, people always want to go where they're wanted. And I feel like that that's kind of happened in this position with Odell being a Raven. He felt wanted the most in Baltimore. The Ravens showed him the most love. The Ravens were willing to show him
0: the most money
1: in addition to that. And then now you got the, the pairing of the sorts.
0: I mean, yeah, showing them the most money is definitely something that'll go a long way indeed. Um, and yeah, you know, the I said say they have been having conversations with Odell, like you said, dating all the way back to October. So they've definitely been talking for a while now. This isn't a deal that, you know, came about overnight. Um, and Odell said, you know, once Steve Bishotti got involved, that's really the thing that put it over the top. And he was all about feeling loved and feeling wanted. Um, and, you know, the Ravens did a good job of making him feel that way. This is something that I think that everybody needs and, and everybody involved in terms of the Ravens, the front office, Odell, Lamar, like everybody needs this to work. This is, I think this is the ultimate boom or bust situation and it goes beyond Odell. I think that this, that's kind of the, the mantra for the Ravens season this year. I think it's going to be either boom or bust, but specifically looking at this Odell situation, I think it's either going to work or it's either, you know, it's going to be a waste. I don't know if there's going to be that gray area. And obviously you feel good about it. If he is healthy, um, that it can work. Um, But it's a lot of questions there. We don't know what type of athlete they're going to get. And I think clearly the Ravens are hoping for the best right now. And John Harbaugh seems happy with the signing. Obviously he, you know, there's he and Todd Monk and are still putting this offense together and it helps that, that uh, Odell Beckham has had experience with one Todd Monk. And so he, he understands the type of coach he's getting into. He understands the type of offense that he's about to play. And Odell referenced the fact that, you know, he's played in Cleveland a couple of times uh, as to, you know, him playing and run first offenses and, and reference to him playing in the, in Baltimore, which isn't one of the quote, big cities like LA uh, or New York that he's played with in the past. So, um, I, I think that this is a good spot for Odell, for sure. The Ravens are, you know, one of those prestigious organizations in the league. Although they've had some eggs thrown at them a little bit this offseason, I think they're they're still up there. I think they're still one of the more respected organizations in the league. Um, and and look, oh, if, if this ends up working, this is it, it's going to be a big win for everybody involved. Um, for you know, because. If it works, that means Lamar stayed healthy. That means Lamar played well. Right. Odds are that would mean that Lamar would most likely get a, a, a more lucrative deal that he's probably looking for from the Ravens. And if you're the Ravens, you not only are winning, but you get to keep your best franchise. You, you get to keep your franchise player and maybe, you know, add another receiver along the way. in Odell Beckham in, in a long term stint, assuming Odell looks really good this year. And that's the win for Odell as well. He gets some of that long-term security. He's not back on the street come next season doing it all over again. Um So everybody's got a lot riding on this. It's not just Eric DaCosta. It's not just Odell Beckham. It's not just Lamar. It's, it's literally everybody involved. Uh This is a huge gamble. Uh, but the Ravens, and I look, and I have no issue with Ravens gambling. I want to reiterate that because it's about time that they did on the offensive side of the ball. I think that they should. They're doing it a little late, but better late than never.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. And, and let's talk about this on the next uh, segment. You know, do we really believe that Odell has what it takes to take the Ravens' offense over the top for the 2023 season? We'll talk about that more. Before we get into our next segment, make sure that you subscribe to the Winning Drive podcast so that every time there's a new episode, you will be the first to know. So with Odell signing, um, you know, obviously there comes with expectations. And obviously, one of the things that did come up was Lamar Jackson, right, as it should. Um, because a lot of this uh, hangs on what Lamar is going to do or be, excuse me, in 2023. Is he going to be a Baltimore Raven? Is, is he not? Um, you know, Odell kind of did a good job of kind of deflecting those types of questions to the head coach and to the GM. And which, you know, Eric DaCosta has reiterated that, you know, he said he didn't talk to him since, since the signing. Um, but that he continued to have, you know, to try to sign Lamar long term, that they love Lamar. And as of right now, they continue to have Lamar in their plans for the 2023 season. And it felt very genuine. I mean, people lie all the time, Cordell, I'm very aware but um, you know, I ain't no expert, but the, the tone in his voice to me felt like it was a very authentic thing for him to say because it was true, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, there there obviously is a big question mark at quarterback. So with let's hypothetically say Lamar is the quarterback for the 2023 season, which every day that that we get closer to the draft, that no one has put in an offer sheet, it feels closer to reality. So, when you have a guy like Lamar, with a guy like Odell, and then the offensive weapons—I mean, the the offensive pieces that they already have—um, because Odell acknowledged that he said that they have good they have good players on this, and he's not wrong. You know, I think that one thing that we missed in terms of all of this Lamar drama is that you, while the Ravens haven't replaced guys that they lost, like a Marcus Peters or a Ben Powers, they they are a solid football team if you look at the paper um so obviously odell brings a lot of experience there that can make this offense better uh do you think that odell can contribute to this obviously there's health involved but it's healthy how do you see odell being able to be a a major contributor to this team
0: well they he gives them another receiver that can be used in a multitude of different ways he could play inside he could play outside um he could be isolated he could be used as a deep threat he could be uh, another one of those guys assuming that his burst is still there that can take a slant and take it all the way to the house um so he, he gives them a lot of versatility he gives them the big play uh capabilities as well um, and it's just another another threat on the field, and specifically when you talk about Mark Andrews, who's the number one guy in this passing offense. I think that still stands, even with Odell added into the mix. Um, I think he and Odell can play off of each other a lot. Odell makes a lot of his living in the middle of the field, just like Mark Andrews does. You can't double team them both, and I'm not saying that Odell necessarily is going to warrant a double team right now. Um, but you probably can't double-team Mark Andrews, assuming that the Ravens are healthy. There's too many guys on the field that you have to account for. Rashad Bateman, uh, Odell, obviously, even Isaiah Likely, if he's out there. We, are, we expect J.K. Dobbins to be more involved in the passing game because we know Todd Munkin likes to use his running backs in the passing game and still assume Lamar's there. Lamar's legs are going to make it difficult to double-team anybody. So the Ravens, and we've heard Tom Munkin talk about wanting to go more spread, spreading defenses out, giving these guys space. I mean, if you give these any of these guys, so right now between, and we're talking strictly starters, you give any of them the opportunity to catch the ball in space and make one guy miss, man, it, it could be the worst day for you. I mean, it's been a while, I think, since we've looked at this Ravens offense and said they could be scary. All right? They they, yeah. they could be. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, so uh, he gives them that element. He brings that extra fear factor that I don't think that they've had the last couple of seasons. Um, and again, I mean, everything is so stuck on being right. I mean, it's stuck on health. Um, and not just for Odell, back a uh, Bateman too. You know, Bateman's got to show that he can be healthy and consistent um, as well. But he does, Odell definitely gives them another homer and hitter. He gives them another uh, target. Um, that they can have in the offense on the offensive side of the ball.
1: Yeah, I, I, when I look at it on paper, Cordell, when I look at how, you know where they're stacked, the biggest issue is health, but it's not player, right? Like right. in terms of like who their starters are going to be, um, because the, they have the potential to be a very dynamic offense, and if they're battling, that's, that's gonna be even nastier right and have the fact that Lamar knows how to move his legs in addition to throwing the football so you got a situation where you're going to have two really good guys on the outside and before we've only really had one right the, and the one year that uh, Brown uh played with Bateman Bateman got injured so we, ne- we never really got that opportunity to see that um unfold And then, so now you have Bateman on one side, you have OBJ on the other side, and you can start moving guys like DuVernay into the slot and and those types of situations. Um, But then you have Mark Andrews, who you have to worry about. Oh, yeah, I forgot. You could put Isaiah Likely in the slot because he actually plays well in that regard. Um, Mm -hmm. This is very interesting. And and this offensive line really didn't lose much. I know that Ben Powers was a loss. (laughs) Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that. He, uh, his presence won't be felt in terms of losing him because he played at a dynamic level. I'm just making the I'm just reminding folks that like Ben Powers' great year was his contract year. It happens sometimes like that, right? People are going to play at their highest level because they have a contract that they're trying to get coming up. So you got other guys like a potential bit like Ben Cleveland, like maybe Fa'ale Lele. Let me get that one right <laughs> on the roster that could potentially rotate or replace. And so, but the four of the other five are still available there and they've been good. So, you know, you really can see how potentially dynamic this team can be if Lamar is um, the quarterback. If Tyler's the quarterback, it's going to be the same offense, obviously, and because Tyler has the same skill set but Tyler is very limited in certain aspects. I still would say that they would be a, a, a comparable offense, but obviously Lamar kind of takes this over to the next level. And that's the part that I'm very interested in seeing. If these guys, for the majority of the season, can stay healthy, I absolutely believe that there's no one that can really stop the Ravens. That, that, and I know that's a big statement. I am very well aware. But I'm saying from a health perspective, if those guys, if all of those guys can stay healthy i'm just not really sure what defenses can do with that i really am not sure cuz you got to pick your poison now and what am i going to do with these wide receivers what am i going to do with the tight end oh i forgot that they can run the football too oh i forgot lamar can run too oh yeah mm-hmm. by the way he's a good thrower so this is this is a potentially nasty nasty offense quite frankly and 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 so the biggest obvious uh, elephant in the room is Uh, Is Lamar going to be there? And are those guys going to be able to stay on the field for at least three-fourths of the season? Give me three-fourths. You know, the last quarter of the season, not last quarter, but that one quarter, if it's a few games here and there, okay. But if they can stay together for 75% of the season, I think that this could potentially be
0: really good. Yeah, I mean, there's always hope in April, you know, is is kind of the the philosophy I, I go with. Um and it could work. I'm not even disputing that. No question. It could it could, like like I said before, it's the ultimate boom or bust. Like if it goes well, I think it's going to go really well. Um and if it doesn't, then it's going to be so sour um around here again. So obviously to them, they feel like the risk is worth it. They don't even really feel like it's a risk. I asked Eric DaCosta about it. And, you know, like he said, he, he said that he feels like OBJ is the guy to help them get over the top. And maybe he is. Maybe he is. Because like we just said earlier, this, we haven't, I don't think the Ravens uh, ceiling has been as high as it can be right now. You could make the argument maybe Bateman's rookie year with him coming in with Marquise Brown. But I, I would say right now a more uh, a Bateman who's albeit has not been able to really be on the field as much as he would have liked the first two years. I still think Bateman's a lot more polished than he was uh, his rookie year. I would take, you know, I mean, Marquise Brown, I think is probably still the better deep threat right now over Odell. Um, but Odell has even right now, I think still has more upside, at least if we're talking about just this next season, Um I would say Odell probably still has a little more upside for, yeah. for this Ravens situation for the Ravens offense uh, than what Marquise Brown does this year. Um, but we'll see. It, it's a lot of, we'll see. It's so tough to really talk about this because it's a lot that hinges on this working. It's not a simple, just, Oh, we added Odell and we're going to be great. Like yeah. it's a, I, th- I yeah. think it's a lot that has to go right. So it's really tough for me to, Pick a side. And I know yeah. we live in the age where everybody wants you to pick a side. I'm literally on the fence right now with this Odell situation. I see the upside, but I also see the downside.
1: I ain't on the fence. If they get healthy, they they rocking and rolling, baby. I'm telling you, if they healthy, they rocking and rolling. <laughs> I said it and I ain't taking it back. <laughs> Cordell, I got to stick with what I said. And I think I that expect
0: nothing less. <laughs> I expect nothing less.
1: <laughs> when we come back, let's talk about the wide receiving room. Obviously, it's a little different. And, mm-hmm. you know, Odell being there has impact. You you can't deny that. It has a, a lot of impact. And so we'll talk about what this means for the rest of the receivers on the roster when we come back.
0: Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it?
1: Have you subscribed to the Winning Drive podcast? If not, what are you waiting for? Hit the subscribe button so that every time there is a new episode, you will be the first to know. So... With Odell coming now, it means that the room has expanded a little bit uh, in the wide receiving group. And that's a good thing, right? Um, That's something that we had clamored for for quite Mm -hmm. a while. This fan base has clamored for. And I think that the Ravens realized that what they did last year, they cannot continue to do if they want to be contenders in the deep AFC. So, you know. Despite everything that we know about uh, the Odell signing in terms of his age, in terms of his health, or whatever, he is now an extra body on the team. And so it's funny, <laughs> Cordell, because, you know, we keep seeing uh, Odell with the number three. And I just keep saying to myself, poor James Prochet. Why they mm-hmm. just won't let Odell just put, just give him a number zero till he comes up with a number? Because we do have a number three already. I mean, I, 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 I have to remind you guys that there is a number three already on the roster. You don't have to do that man like that. (laughs) (laughs) So I would like for them to not do that. Or just put a number one or something uh, next time for somebody. But I was just like, dang. But anyway, it reminded me.
0: Up, up, up. And then they put out that he is wearing three. I don't know if that's what you're referring to, but it looks like he is wearing three.
1: Okay. So uh, I hope that Mr. Prochet uh, got some money from that and did not give that number up for free. Okay. Cause nothing's free around here anymore. Okay. So, uh, I hope that you got some money, Mr. Prochet, because you know, you had it first, but it reminded me that Prochet is on the roster. And what does that mean for guys like a James Prochet, like a Devin DuVernay, like a Tylon Wallace. And, and what does this mean in terms of their impact on getting on the field? Because we know, they didn't get much. Well, DuVernay in spots, but DuVernay was mainly in special teams. And then we would see DuVernay get in games and he would be productive and then we wouldn't see him no more. So, you know, what does this mean for the wide receiver room that has now been added with two other players in Odell Beckham Jr. and Nelson Aguilar? Now, I know that y'all are going to say oh, Nelson Aguilar or whatever, but he has been added to this team. So that is something that we do have to <laughs> Bring up whether you like it or not, right? Mm-hmm. But 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 when you look at this room, what does this mean for the other players? Because uh, again, they've not added one, but two additional players on this roster.
0: Yeah, they have, and we heard Eric costa at the end of the season press conference talk about how much of an emphasis would be put on this wide receiver room that, quite frankly, was one of the worst in the league this past season. Uh, production-wise for sure, and just even through the eye test, the paper test, whatever test you want to go with, the wide receiver room wasn't good this year. And I'm not giving them the pass on Rashad Bateman getting hurt. Even with that, their wide receiver group was not good. They had to revamp it, and what they've done so far makes it look a lot better, and I don't think they're done. I still think that they're going to go and get a wide receiver at some point, in the draft, and I think they're also going to make a couple of subtractions from the wide receiver room. I don't expect Tylen Wallace to be on the roster. I don't expect James Prochet to be on the roster. So we'll see uh, what other acquisitions they can make. Nothing would surprise me. I think that they're going to draft another guy, and I would not be surprised to see them bring in another veteran like they normally do at some point during preseason, some point on the back end of training camp to kind of really uh get that wide receiver room uh to be the complete overhaul that they were looking for and they need that desperately they need that this is a passing lead you have to be able to do something in the passing game and i know a lot of people want to sit there and always cat th- point fingers at lamar and use him as the scapegoat as to why the passing game has not been to where it is obviously we know Greg Roman has played a big part of that as well. But you hear people talk about all oh, the, the missed passes on the one time that Tylen Wallace gets open all year, you know. So it's 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 like you, you have to have somebody out there that at some point can help Lamar get better. It's not always about what he can, you know, him having to maximize the little bit that's given to him. At some point the Ravens have to give him some legit pieces to work with, and I think they're finally starting to understand that albeit it may be a little too little, too late. Um but we'll see. At this point it'd been better to do it when Lamar was cheap. Now he's not. Yep. Um it makes it a lot tougher to really go uh, be aggressive in bringing in some of these proven wide receivers that i've been begging for them to bring in but it's a start I like i said i don't think they're done um and for real to me if the ravens are going to take that huge step forward the wide receiver room has to be the biggest has to take the biggest leap going into 2023 coming out of 22
1: and i don't have a problem with them even you know look if you're going to get rid of a guy like Tylon wallace if 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 james prochet who i believe does deserve a fresh start and i do i, I hope that they allow him to move forward um and, and start fresh because i i liked him coming out of college um and i just don't think that the offense that previously was uh implemented really helped him much at all and so maybe it's just time for a for a new start but i wouldn't even be uh of an issue you got all these tight ends You know, use them too. you know what I'm saying? Use these, these tight ends as well to find ways to get, look, I don't care if you got two wide receivers and two tight ends on the field. I don't care what you do. I don't care. Three tight ends. If you want, I don't know what you want to do, but utilize the players that you have. I think that that's my biggest concern, Cordell, because in seasons past, we have not seen guys be utilized the way that they should. And that's Mm -hmm. been the bigger issue. Would we have liked to seen uh James Crochet more? I mean, it would have been nice because it ain't like y'all had a whole bunch of great wide receivers to begin with. And then, oh, by the way, when uh, Bateman goes down, then you still really didn't see those guys, particularly a guy like Duvernay, who has shown that he could be, you know, an effective part of this offense. So I just, I, you know, that's the part that I don't think I, I understood pr- prior. Obviously, now this is a new regime. You got Todd Munkin now as the offensive coordinator. And so you like. it. And we know that Todd Munkin has liked to have passed the ball in previous times. Now, when he went to Georgia, he had more of a, a balanced situation, but it was not against him to throw the ball, is all I'm saying, right? And I think that you have guys in the position now to be able to do more of that, not just from the wide receiver perspective, but also from the tight end perspective. And I think that you have to start doing that. I agree with you that I don't think that they're done with the wide receiver room. I do think a couple of guys are gone, and that's unfortunate. But that's the life of the NFL, right? You just got to move forward and, and go somewhere else. But ultimately, you still have to make the wide receivers the priority for your franchise because that is what makes the NFL go whether you like it or not and that's just how of that like you said a little too late but hey better late than never I guess right
0: better better late than never uh indeed and look i i used i was on the james crochet train for a while i was and i'd usually I do get with giving guys an extra chance or giving them an every opportunity. And I agree with you. I don't think he was used correctly under the last offensive coordinator. I don't think a lot of these guys were used correctly under the last offensive coordinator, but for him, it, I, a I wonder how much the Ravens really like the guy. And not just as a person, obviously, but just as a player, I wonder how much they really want to keep him around, how much they're really willing to fight to keep him on this roster mm-hmm. Uh, but I also, you look at some of the intangible things. You look at some of the things that go outside of Greg Roman's control. It, it's, it's like every opportunity he got, he kind of blew it. I mean, the biggest play of the year he makes, he steps out of bounds. That's not a Greg Roman issue. That's not, you know, that's not coaching. Very that's true. just. That's just him, you know? And I yeah. think that that's a something he's got boneheaded penalties. And albeit it may not be fair, but for me, it's the icing on the cake the fact of the Hail Mary and the wild card game. Yeah. You, your, your, one opportunity to, to, to wipe away all your sins that you committed throughout the season. Yep. and You blow it. You block You, those are symbols of the type of player that he potentially is, and maybe he's a guy that can still play in this league and just needs a fresh start somewhere else. I could definitely see that. Um, but I, right now, I, he, the, the, with the limited opportunities he's gotten, albeit very limited, I haven't seen enough from James Prochet to make me really think that it could work right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, listen, I'm not, I'm not making any excuses for him. I do, I agree with everything that you're saying. I mean, also too, I mean, you, your confidence ain't the best when you ain't really playing. So you're probably all in your head when you get out there because you're only playing a, a, a very small number of snaps. Right. But, Ultimately, you're right. He has to show up in those in the moments that he is called, and he didn't, and that's a fair assessment and of And I can't
0: forget the interception that he threw on. A, oh, I I I, I, I,
1: look, I, 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 I was, was waiting for you to, to remember call. it. I wasn't gonna bring terrible, it up, but
0: yeah, a terrible um, play call, but an even worse decision.
1: <laughs> even worse decision. It was quadruple coverage,
0: right. and
1: he threw it anyway. So, I look, it, it, and it might be the best. Or Todd Muckin might see some something in him and said, You know, let's take some pressure off of him, but let's also give him some more snaps at least wait till training camp to see if they like it. And if they don't, then they they can cut him and move forward. You know what I'm saying? But ultimately, I do think that this is something that we should watch. But for now, I think that the Ravens have done a a good job of trying to bolster their wide receiver room. Do I think that they're finished like you? I do not. But I'm interested to see what that means in terms of free agents. I mean, uh, June cuts, because there's still some guys that potentially could be cut uh, by June the first in trade or in the draft. Those three options still exist. And you could still potentially find another wide receiver to add to your roster to replace the guys that you and I believe are not going to be Ravens come September, basically.
0: Yeah. I, I, I don't think that that's very likely. Um, that That's going to happen. I, I mean, I, maybe they're still on this roster come training camp and things like that. They may get an opportunity, but and maybe Tyler Wallace end up sneaking onto this roster because maybe he can help them in special teams. James Prochet as well. One of them, I think, can both of them have shown that they can help in special teams. I will say the best thing James Prochet did last year was fill in for Devin Duvernay when Devin when Duvernay got hurt. I thought Prochet did a, a pretty good, decent job uh, as a punt returner. Um, but ultimately, I think Justice Hill was better as at that than than Prochet was. Justice Hill was definitely better at the kickoffs. Uh But Prochet, he had a, he had a decent, he did a decent job as a return guy. But it's almost like you're looking for reasons to keep him on the roster at this point. You're you're trying to convince yourself. No, uh, that, that's you, all. You know, this
1: numbers game at yeah, the moment, yeah. and this is, this is right. in April, so it's easy for us to have this conversation. But after the draft, obviously you're going to start looking more into what your options are. And and, and mm-hmm. it, it, it might become less of a possibility that he is a Raven. But for now, from a numbers perspective, it, it makes no sense to get rid of him at the moment if oh, yeah. you need to keep guys on your roster from, from a right. numbers
0: perspective. Yeah, I, I think these guys will be able to at least compete for their jobs. I, I think they'll definitely be – out there come training camp, I expect him to still be on the team. There's no reason to cut him before then. And right, really, exactly. that, that, that may be Prochet's way of staying on the team because we know he's a training camp all-star. So, you know, <laughs> you get the best version of James Prochet. So, I mean, honestly, if I'm Tylen Wallace, I'm worried.
1: Uh, as he should be. He should absolutely be worried, Tylen Wallace, uh, because I think that Prochet probably has a better uh, chance of at least making it to training camp while right. Wallace does. But, uh, yeah, I agree. This is some unfinished business. And, and it'll be fun to see how the rapes continue to move along with their wide receiver room moving forward. The draft is in less than two weeks, out. Mm-hmm. So we'll mm-hmm. find out if they'll get a wide receiver out of here, uh, out of this draft. with five. As of right now, it's five picks. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we'll see how this goes, but um, I'm excited about it, and, and, and we'll see what how, how it's moving and shaking from there. So we want to thank you all for listening. Happy Friday. It's going to be a beautiful day, and enjoy your weekend. And we thank you so much for your support. So from Cordell to me, this is Winning Drive.